Come on, I want to see some laugh in you guys this morning, man. Come on, this is, the Bible says that this is life to your, to your flesh and your bones. Amen? The Word of God is life to your flesh and bones. So when you're about to eat the Word, when you're about to consume the Word, you must understand what's going in there is life-changing for your soul, for your spirit, for your body, for your very flesh and your bones. Amen? We're going to spend some time going through scriptures this morning because, as you know, we are doing the New Testament realities, so who we are in Christ in the New Testament, and it's a very important subject, but what's going to happen is as we go through some of these scriptures, you're going to learn something about yourself, and I'm telling you right now, some of you guys are still waking up, but by the time we finish and you read these scriptures, you're going to feel a whole lot better than what you're feeling right now. I can tell you right now. Are you guys ready? Amen. You know, Bash started off last week and he painted a really good picture about, about being a slave to the place. Remember the place of sin? He was speaking about the place of sin and, the, and sin the verb. This is so important, folks, because most Christians don't understand this basic doctrine, this basic policy in the Bible. What is this thing? And this thing is that the Bible says in Romans 5, 6, and 7, it explains that we must die to sin the same way Christ died to sin. Amen? So let's quickly go there. Did Christ die to the action of sin? Or did Christ die to the place of sin? The place, the noun. If Christ had died to the action of sin, then he would not have been the, the pure, unblemished sacrifice. Are you with me? So we've got to understand something, that this walk is not about our behavior. It's not about uh, so much of how we get things right or get things wrong. Obviously, there's a, there's a, a natural consequence to, to getting things wrong or right. But we've got to understand something. The freedom comes from when we get released from the place of sin in Christ. Amen? Are you with me? You on you are not your behavior. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are not your behavior. <clears throat> this is going to be an interesting journey. But we've got to understand this. Did you know in the book of Romans, 37 times, now listen carefully, folks, 37 times in the book of Romans, the word sin is mentioned. Only once does it talk about sin, the action. Now, how many people go and read the book of Romans, and every time they read every verse in that book, they think of relating to the verb, the action, but it's actually speaking about the place. And it's speaking about the place that you were redeemed from through the blood of Christ. Turns the person next to you and say, oh, hold on a second. Have I been reading the Bible wrong? Have I been reading where it speaks to my action instead of me reading it as, no, it speaks to God's action. Are you with me? <clears throat> Excuse me. Are you with me? <laughs> My voice is going. So we've got to understand this. This is what it's all about, that we have been delivered from the place. The place where we woke up every morning before and we desired sin. We desired control of our lives. We desired to do things to make things happen in our lives. We ran after our lusts. Are you with me? We've been saved from that place because of Jesus. So everybody up until Jesus was a slave to that place. Do you know the best way, well not the best way, the only way to rightly divide the word is we've got to divide it at the cross. 
Things changed at the cross, family. Amen? Things changed. We can't just read the Bible as one book, although it is talking about the one God. But something happened at the cross. Something changed. Something was made new. Something was redeemed. All of creation, all of the heavens, all of the earth were redeemed back to its original form in one person. Was it in you? It was in Jesus. Are you with me? This is a big thing. Everything in heaven and everything in earth was redeemed back to its original form in Christ. That includes the animals that we have. It includes us. It includes the plants and the trees and the heavens and the stars. Everything was redeemed back through Christ himself. And we're going to read that in scriptures now. We're going to get into some scriptures. It's going to be an awesome journey. But we have to understand that we have to stop looking at the Bible, trying to find a, or, or trying to live out a faith that is looking forward for what God's going to do for us. Our true faith is we look to see what has been done for us. Amen? This is so key, guys. This is so key because we, it puts us in a place where the work of Christ is past tense. Amen? And when we can learn that the work of Christ is past tense, we learn to rest in that finished work. You see, this, this church is a finished work theology church. We don't believe that, you know, if you conjure up enough praise and worship, Christ is going to go and do something new for you. No. He's already finished his work. But now we have to align ourselves with what has been done. And when we do that, we learn to take what is already ours. Are you with me, family? Turn to the person next to you and say, man, you're not your behavior. You know, the crazy thing is, is this is how most Christians live their lives. They, they get reborn and they give their lives to Jesus. And then for the rest of their lives, they are fighting this old man. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? People will come to me all the time and they'll say, Pastor Diddy, everything's been so good, man, but you know what? The old man has, has reared his ugly head. Some preachers will stand before the pulpit and they'll say, listen, it's, it just depends on which one you're feeding. There's two dogs in war. They're fighting each other. And whichever dog you feed the most is going to win. How many of you guys heard that before? Do you know that that is totally unscriptural? You guys are going to realize something this morning, that your, your belief system is a very radical belief system. You know why I say that? Because your true Christian belief system is this. You have totally died. You can't come to me. If you believe in Christ's finished work, you can't come to me and say, hey, Pastor Diddy, things are so rough. The old man has read his ugly head. And you know, I, do, I just don't want to do the things that he wants me to do. I'm just fighting. I'm, I'm praying. I'm fasting for breakthrough so that the old man can get out of the way so that I can, I can be at peace with God again. Do you know what that actually says? 
That's actually, that actually says that you're not a new creation in Christ, and you're an old man in Christ with some kind of new version mixed with him, and now you're fighting your whole life to, to, to live at peace with this, this other person inside of you. That doesn't sound like peace, guys. That sounds like torment. Are you with me? That's actually what it is. It's torment. Because until you, re- you realize that your old man is dead, you know when you got baptized, what happened? You went under the water, you submerged, you died. And when you came up, you were alive in, made new in who? In Christ. You know, Paul the Apostle in Romans 7, I have to go quick because we run out of time. He speaks about, as I do the things that I don't want to do, and the things that I don't want to do, I land up doing. Who will save me from this wretched body of death? And then the very next verse in Romans 8, he says, you know what? I'm no longer subject to the law of sin and death, but I am now living by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So even Paul the apostle paints a picture and he's saying, I know that I'm a new man. I know that I'm a new man. But for some reason, I do the things that I don't want to do. Why is that? And the things that I want to do, I don't do. But I know I am a new man. So guess what? We could actually live in a total incorrect reality just because we look at ourselves in the wrong way. Are you following me? We've got to see ourselves in the new creation. We have to see ourselves in the new Adam. From Adam all the way to Christ, everyone who was born was born in sin. They could not escape. They were a slave to it. But from Christ on, a new man that's including me and you was created in the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Your faith is so more radical than a Muslim. Did you know that? So many Christians, they're like, As you know those Muslims, they're so radical. No, they're radical about works. They're radical about self. Our, our thing is so much more radical because we have to get up every morning and even if we just sinned or we did something really bad or whatever it is, we're struggling with things or we, we're not walking in faith, we have to look at ourselves and go, you're actually, you're actually a new man. That's not you. Which takes more faith? Which needs more faith? Are you with me? For me to look at myself and earn and, and try and earn it and fix myself 24-7, trying to fix myself, pray more, do more, give more, uh, uh, be more, and then, I, and then I, feel, I feel good about what I'm doing, that doesn't take much faith, guys. Because you, you're looking at your own achievements, you're looking at your own works, and then you're gauging yourself by, I'm blessed because, look, I've done this, I've done that, I'm, yeah, I'm there, I've done Bible school, I'm on my third year, or I fasted 21 days, or whatever it is. Are you with me? That doesn't take faith. What really takes faith is when you look at yourself in the mirror and you know, man, you know that you're full of nonsense. Are you with me? You know that you have like these weird and wonderful desires that you don't want to act out on, but they're there. You have these weird, ugly thoughts that you don't really agree with, but they're there. Sometimes you, you do the things that you don't want to do, and sometimes you can't do the things that you want to do 
But you stand there and you go, that is not me. I am a new man in Jesus. Now that takes faith. That takes faith. This other wishy-washy Christianity where we measure ourselves on our merit, watching how we progress and looking at all the things that we do, that doesn't take faith. Faith is believing in things that you can't see. Hello? Calling things that aren't as, they, as though they are. Hello? There's something so powerful about being in the new creation or, or living in your new reality. How many of you guys understand that every time you don't see yourself in Christ, you're actually rejecting yourself? Listen, guys, this is serious stuff. You've got, you got to put this into your heart. Did you know that the most traumatic, most damaging thing that a human being could go through is called rejection? Hello? Anyone been rejected in some, some way or another? Remember those days where they're picking the guys for the soccer team? And they go, okay, you, 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 and the Oaks are like, there's only three guys left. Am I going to make it? And then you start thinking about yourself. Yeah, see, maybe I'm not that good. Maybe it doesn't like the way I look. Maybe my shoes are dirty. You start becoming so self-conscious. Amen, are you with me? Self-rejection is the worst form of rejection. That's just rejection from someone else. But when you reject yourself, because you look at your performance and you look at the lack of your performance, and you're actually living in the mode of self-rejection, what, is it, what do we do when we, when we reject ourselves? It pushes us into, I've got to find acceptance. I've got to understand why I'm ugly. I've got to understand why I am bad. I've got to understand why I'm not loved. I've got to understand why I'm not accepted. It makes us completely self-conscious and it, puts, it propels us into a state of works where we are constantly introspective and we become so self-conscious that we forget who we are in Christ. Are you with me? Now, wouldn't you think that it is crazy that we do that to ourselves every day? Hello, family. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are not your behavior. Now, I know for most Christians, by saying that, they're like, yo, Pastor Didi, you're telling them they're not their behavior. They're going to run out your, you teasers for lunch. They're going to tease us for a burger and chill. Yeah, whatever. One of my wife's clients said the other day, he goes, to, he goes to the Grand because there's good lunch there. I was like, okay. <laughs> but anyway, are you with me? That's not going to happen. And if that's going to happen, then we're calling God a liar. Hello? You see, most ministers, most pastors are too scared to actually put you in your reality of your, new, of your new creation fully. They always have to add a little bit of law, a little bit of curse with the blessing. They always have to add a little bit of performance with the grace. Why? Because they think if they can balance it out for you, they'll protect you from running out to teasers for lunch. Are you with me? 
In actual fact, what they're doing is they're causing you to reject who the Scripture says you are. If a man is a new creation and he sees he is a new creation and he feels he is a new creation, guess what? He's going to walk like he's the new creation. Come on, give, give him a round of applause. We've got to get this into our hearts. We've got to understand this. We have to understand this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump ahead to get some scriptures here quickly. I want you to see it from, from the Bible. I don't want you to think, oh, this is just my opinion. Because <clears throat> it's not. Let me get there. You can give him another round of applause if you want. So there's some realities within the New Testament that we have to make a part of our identity. Are you with me? One of them is, turn to the person next to you and say, Christ's work is finished. Let's go to Ephesians 1 verse 3. Thank you, Daron. Let's read this. I want you to see something. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has... Hello, everybody, read it with me. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places? Okay, follow this. We're going to jump to scriptures. Okay, here's the key. Let's go to Ephesians 1.13. Now, I want you to remember, and 1.3 was past tense. He already has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were, everybody say, were, come on, I can't hear you, were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Okay, so what is the changer? Everybody say, past tense, finished work, amen. Okay, let's get, on, get to another scripture. Let's go to 2 Peter 1 verse 3. As divine power has given, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the life of him who called us by his glory. Everybody say, has given. Has given. Ooh, interesting, isn't it? All of the stuff that God has given us, okay, all of the stuff that's been done, I mean, that, that God's promised has already been given. So we are already blessed in heavenly places. We are already seated with Christ in heaven. Are you with me? So why would the scriptures say, hey, this is all yours? But a pastor preaches, no, it's all yours on condition that you behave right. Are you with me? Now they are sincere, but they are sincerely wrong. They have a heart of a pastor, and they want to really protect you. So what they do is just a little bit of human flesh gets sprinkled into the Word, and they show you all the promises, and they tell you it's all free, and then they put you on a works-based diet where you look at yourself, you reject yourself every day because you're measuring up to self and not to Christ. Are you with me? Turn to the person next to you and say, wow, Christ is beautiful. And so are you. <clears throat> so, has given. Amen? Let's go to Ephesians 2 verse 5. 
Let's check this out. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive. Everybody say, made. Made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Can you see the past tense? Can you see the finished work? Amen? Let's go to 2.6, uh, 2, 2 verse 6. <laughs> and raised up, raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Yo, 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 yo. Jylle moet wakker word. You better listen to who you're listening to. You can't just put on TBN and wash the dishes and let it play in the background. Because there might be some oak there who's condemning you. Who's making you think of the old man and he's not showing you who you are in Christ. You must understand, all sin, all bad acting, all of the stuff that we act out comes from one place. Where does it come from? It comes from low self-worth. You can only live a life according to your level of worth. Are you with me? God knows that. That's why it's in the scriptures. He keeps saying to you, look to Christ. Look to Jesus. Look to the finished work. Stop looking to yourself. Man, I know it's hard. But faith is not for sissies. You've got to be able to look yourself in the mirror and you just said, you know, footsack to your wife. Or she said to you, you blankety whatever. And you've got to be able to sit there and go, you know what? That's not who I am. The old man's dead. That's just cellular memory that's kicking in. That's just an unrenewed mind that, that goes back to that old way, but not the old man. The old man is dead. There's just old thinking that's stuck there. But now the key is, by faith, do not believe you are your old thinking. You see, your thinking can, can sure, your thinking and your feeling, as you know, have we've taught on the soul extensively in this church, can paint a reality for you inside your own soul that you will believe. Are you with me? That's why it's called a new reality in Christ. You haven't taken enough time just to go and read these scriptures. That's why, that's why it's harder for you to see who you are, to act who you are in Christ. Even feel as Christ feels because you're too busy trying to make money and you think that's what's going to fix all your problems. You're too busy trying to get that promotion at work to get your self-worth. <laughs> what a deception. Meantime, if you just read the scriptures, it's all right, yeah. And then you're supposed to take those promises, you're supposed to put them in your heart, and then you're supposed to experience them. Wow. So when there's a case of uh, an issue in my life or something that's dampening me, I must be able to feel as Christ feels in that moment. Because I'm dead. You cannot have your old man as a reference anymore. Are you with me, fam? The old man is dead. Will you just, for God's sake, 
for the cross sake, believe that you are dead. And when you walk in here in the morning, I don't care how you feel. Walk in here as Christ is, so am I. Because that's what the scripture says. Why are you not believing it? How much scripture do we need before we believe it? How many services do we need to attend before we're going to believe it? How many times do you have to memorize a verse before you're going to believe it? Do you know why we, we, you're struggling to believe it? Because you can't let go of yourself. You have built an identity on that old man. And what you are struggling with is you don't understand he's dead, but he feels like he's alive because he's alive here. You are supposed to kill him here by renewing it with him here. But you're not doing it. And then you want to ask yourself, oh, why am I landing up dating the wrong person? Okay, brother, let's sit down and tell you once more. Let's tell you again now, okay? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? Ah, oh, but please. Can you snap out of yourself? Why do you want to resuscitate something so ugly? Huh? Gee whiskers. Yes, I haven't said that in ages. Eh? Gee whiskers. Whiskers. <laughs> Give my age away, yeah. That was big in the 80s, guys. Okay. <laughs> Are you guys with me? Are you getting something here? I wanted to go in the scriptures because at the moment, we're deciding when we're going we're gonna to run uh, discipleship school again. COVID stopped everything, and we're just get, trying to find our feet again. But we have to start our Bible, uh, Bible study again as a church, and uh, it really will bless you guys. But I want you to see this from the Scripture. I don't want you to look to a man behind a pulpit to tell you who you are. You must look to the scriptures, and then the man, if he truly is free himself, he will tell you what you've already read in the scripture. Are you with me? Guys, you can't afford to go around just taking everything that's being said. Amen? Say this with me. Well, actually, turn to the person next to you and say, I've got to get this truth in my heart. It's already done. I am a finished work in the finished work of Christ. In actual fact, come on, look them deep in the eyes say, and say it with faith and say it with passion. Say, I, in actual fact, I am a masterpiece in Christ. Say it like this, I am already a masterpiece. I'm not becoming one, I am one. Christ didn't do a half a job. His name's not Didi. What my best is, is half of what, it's not even close. Are you with me? Wow. Man, I am already a masterpiece. Say that. But there's still blemishes on my masterpiece. That's fine. But listen, it's a work of art. It's beautiful. There's nothing on this planet that can come close to it. But the blemishes are not actually there. 
This is the deception. The blemishes are a false reality you've, you've hung on to because you're the only one that can see them. When Christ looks at his masterpiece, he goes, my beautiful child. <laughs> Amen? You need to take the time to clear your vision. Take the specks out of your eyes. Stop looking through your own eyes. Your eyes are dead. Come on, what kind of life is this? Dragging some dead body around. Huh? This is, that's crazy. It's just crazy. You are a saint. When Paul writes the letters to the church, he doesn't say, to all my fellow sinners out there, we're striving together, grace and peace. Just hold on there. I'm going to motivate you, Oaks, right out of your flesh. Have you, do you see that in the scripture? No, he says, to the saints. Do you know what a saint is? A saint is somebody who is already holy. You are already holy. But the moment you believe it, you are going to experience it. Amen? Come on, let's go to Ephesians 2.10. Look at this. Let's read this together. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Oh. Just listen to what the scripture is saying. For we are his workmanship, or you could say his masterpiece, okay, created in, in who? So this has got nothing to do with you. Paul is saying, listen, you are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. Not created in a new sorrow. No, sorrow's frack duet. Amen. <laughs> for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. He's saying, if you can just see that I created you as a masterpiece in my son, the good works are going to flow. The good works are going to be a natural disposition. Uh, well, position. Are you with me? It's going to come naturally. It's going to be like poetry in motion. Amen? Can you see that? Prepared beforehand that we should work it, walk in them. Now, to get very like, deep into the scripture, we can go back to one, three. I don't want to go there because it's, it's a lot. And you will actually see in the scripture that God did this work for you and me before Adam and Eve even ate of the tree. Ha ha! Woo! I'd say you know, but. Are you saying that Jesus wasn't plan B? No. Jesus, in the scriptures, 1 verse 3, 4, 5, 6, of the same book, it says that before the foundation of the earth, he was crucified. <laughs> you guys, you're looking at me like a cow at a new gate. What do you mean? This means that even if we didn't sin, it was created beforehand. Christ was always the one person, being, that we would all be found righteous and whole in. Even before 
the earth was created, never mind the Garden of Eden or the sin in the garden. Do you understand? We'll get into that. We'll get into that later. I think maybe Tasso can go jump into that next week. But this is how finished the work is. It is so finished, it was finished before you even started. <laughs> Man, when you put this into your heart, whoo, why do you think the Bible doesn't speak up? Did you know that the Bible, 137 times it speaks about repentance, not once does it say repent from your sin? Ay, pastor, you're lying. Guess what? Not one time. You know what it tells you to repent from? Repent from dead works. Um, let's go back to that scripture. Good works. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So how do we, how do we repent from dead works? <laughs> Come on. We've got to stop believing that we are alive. That old rubbish over there is finished. We are in Christ and we are full of good works. We don't have to try and do something to, to be something. If we just believe who we are in Christ, the good works will flow. Repent for Hebrews 6 verse 1. It's, it's all about, we're not going to go there, Darren, but you can put it up. But that's what the scripture says. It says, repent from dead works. What is a dead work? A dead work is anything, even if it's a good work done in the wrong mindset or the wrong belief system. If you're going to church, if you're fasting, if you're praying for people, if you're setting people free, if you're giving money, if, it doesn't matter what it is, whatever it is. If you're doing that from the dead person and not in Christ, are you with me? It's a dead work. The only way that you can truly repent from a dead work is if you repent from the dead man and believe that you are alive in Christ Jesus right now. This is not for sissies, folks. This is real stuff. This is real faith. Don't try and motivate your flesh. Your flesh thinks. Walk in who you are in Christ. Renew your mindset to who you are in the new creation, in the new man. Are you with me, family? I said, are you with me, family? Awesome. How much time do we have? Are you sure? Can I keep going? Okay, give me five minutes and let's, let's get into some cool stuff here. I've got a scripture there, Hebrews 7, 22. Yes, this guy's on fire this morning. Eh? Even before I get there, it's up there. By so much more, Jesus has become the surety of a covenant. So guess what? The New Testament is based on a covenant made between God and Jesus, not you. You are the beneficiary of the new covenant that was completed and fulfilled by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You are now the inheritor, or the, what's the right word I'm thinking of? When you inherit, you are the? The heir, sorry, that's it, yeah. You, what did you say? 
inheritee. Okay. <laughs> it's definitely not that. Uh, so you are the heir of the finished work of Christ. It says here that the new covenant is between God. He's the surety. You're the beneficiary. But it's not going to be yours until you renew your mind and you believe, you truly believe in your heart who you are in Jesus. I know it's hard. I know it is, but you've got to do the work. What is the work? Renewing of the mind, taking out the old beliefs, reminding yourself all the time that when I feel like that, that's not who I am. I feel like Jesus right now. I am righteous. Are you with me? You've got to do the work. And when you do enough of the work, it becomes your new nature and you flow in it. But if you're not doing that work, it's going to be this way, that way, this way, that way. God's with me. God's against me. God forgot about what he did with Jesus and now he's testing me. All these guys are like, you know, God gave so-and-so cancer so that he can test their faith. Uh, does that line up with anything that we've just read? Uh, hello? God took your, your business away so that he can uh, test you, test your faith. Okay. If you want to believe that, it's, it's your right. It's your right to believe that. But if you get the wrong gospel, you're going to get the wrong Jesus. Amen? Let's go to Ephesians 1 verse 7. Now we're going from past tense and we're going to go into perfect tense. Now in the Greek, perfect tense means something that has been done that is, it is, it is how can I say it? Which means it is completed and it is finalized and it is finished and it can never be changed. It's called perfect tense. Are you with me? Let's read the perfect tense. In him we have redemption through his blood. Through forgive, the, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Wow. We have redemption. In him we have redemption. So remember, what's my reality? It's called the in him reality. The in Christ reality. Are you with me? Say, I'm in him. I am in the new creation. I am in the new Adam. I am in the king. That's my reality. I am an heir to the throne. Are you with me? In him we have redemption through his blood. The blood of the second Adam. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Do you know how rich his blood is with grace? His blood is dripping with it. In actual fact, his blood is so great then in Romans, it says that wherever sin abounds, grace abounds much more. So even when you feel bad, you've done bad, you look stupid, you feel ugly, you've got to remember forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his blood. God will never call up your sin and your shortfall. You're falling short. He'll never bring it up. Because if he does, he's working against the finished work of his son. Are you with me? Come on, guys, you've got to get this. It's done. 
There's nothing you can do to undo it unless you choose and you say, you know what? I don't want Christ. I don't believe in Christ. I'm not this. And you choose to walk away. That's the only way. You reject it. Are you with me? And how much easier is it to reject it when somebody's telling you you're fighting your old man all day long so that you can be holy? Because you'll get bitter. You'll get tired. You'll get burnt out. And then we have statistics in the church. And guess what? Not one statistic is from people running away from Jesus. It's running away from religion. It's running away from pastors who have put them on the treadmill of works. Nobody could run away from Jesus. He's so beautiful. He's done it all. The only reason people would leave church or leave Christianity or leave Christ is because they got the wrong one. If you get the wrong gospel, you get the wrong Jesus. Amen. The price has been paid once and for all, perfect tense. Man, God is good. You see, the Old Testament, when it speaks about God, it speaks more about the mercy of God. Because you must understand, the riches of His grace, of His blood, hadn't been shed yet. So when we read the Testaments together, and we don't divide the word at the shedding of the blood, then what we do is we start to mix mercy with grace. Mercy is not grace. Mercy is you don't get what you deserve. Grace is you get what you don't deserve. The riches of His grace is no matter what I'm going through or how I feel because of the finished work of the blood of Christ, okay, I have the grace. I have the grace. I have an overpayment of what I don't deserve. The riches of his blood is an overpayment of what I don't deserve. If you approach God under mercy and not under grace, you will be a loser. Why? Because mercy, when we approach God with mercy, it's, oh God, have mercy on my soul. Have mercy on my sin. Have mercy on me, Lord. Then we feel good for a little while, and then we do something wrong. It's like, oh, I need your mercy, God. And you become a victim. And you make excuses. But when you come under grace, I'm not looking for something. I'm not looking for you to keep what I deserve. Now I'm coming to the throne of grace, and I'm going, Father, thank you for freely giving me what I don't deserve. And when I live in that mindset and I feel that permeate through my soul and my body and everything, my whole identity is built on that, then I experience the riches of His blood, the riches of His grace. Even when Paul was falling and he, he felt like he was at the end of himself and he said, help me, Lord. You know, what God, you know what God said to him? My grace is sufficient, son. Don't become somebody, I mean, not become somebody. You, you're dead. Let's just get back there. Say it. I'm dead. I'm alive in grace. 
Amen? Let's go to 2.8. Two, Thanks, Darren. You see, in Romans 6, it says that when you're under grace, you beat sin. Hello? What does it mean to beat sin? It means you no longer, what is sin? Sin is falling short of the mark. Anything that makes you feel less than yourself, act less than who, when I say yourself, your new self. Are you with me? Anything that makes you feel, think, or act less than who you are in Christ is sin. Because you are not living by faith that you are a new creation in Christ. Hello? Are you with me? It's actually very simple, guys. It's powerful, but it's simple. That's missing the mark. What's the mark? In Him. Amen? Don't let them tell you any, any other thing. It's not the truth. Here's the truth. So grace is very different because grace is the empowerment to beat sin. Mercy is just the excuse me for my sin. Withhold punishment. Hello? Full punishment has been poured out on the body of Christ. That's what happened at the death, burial, and resurrection. Are you with me, folks? You are blameless and righteous as a son and a daughter in Christ. Always remember, this is in Christ. Your faith is see myself in Christ, feel myself in Christ. That's my new reality. So through faith in your new identity, your new reality, who Christ says you are, not what your sin says or your feelings say, you become an overcomer. You learn to walk in victory because you're not relating to the dead, weak, old slave. The more you see yourself in Christ, the more you walk like Christ. Amen? Are you with me, folks? Grace takes away all the excuses. That's why grace is so powerful. Is God's grace sufficient for you this morning? Close your eyes right now. And I want you to think about whatever it is that you're going through. Whatever it is. Whatever you're facing. Whatever your feelings are trying to tell you about yourself. Whatever your circumstances are, are uh, telling you about yourself doesn't matter what it is. I want you to receive that grace that is sufficient for you this morning. It's a free gift. While your eyes are closed, I'm gonna read you the scripture, Ephesians 2.8. I'm gonna read it to you and I want you to put it in your heart. Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace, you have been 
saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. You have been saved by the riches of that grace. Nothing you could do, not by yourself, in your flesh, could ever make you right, could ever make you peaceful, fulfilled, meaningful, successful, nothing. Only coming under the gift of your salvation, which is by grace and grace alone. So I receive it, Jesus. I'm alive in you, Jesus. I'm dead to self. If there's anyone in the room, you've been going to church, you, you, you consider yourself a Christian, but you've never come to this place where you've actually said, oh, hold on a second, this is what it means to be a Christian. I actually need to die to self and be reborn in Christ. And that's why my life has been such torment. I've never understood this. I've been fighting and rejecting myself. If that's you this morning, I want you to lift your hands and somebody's gonna come to you. They're gonna put your hand, their hand on your shoulder. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask Pastor Bash to go with these two gentlemen. Can you, can you do that, Bash? Thanks, man. Go with these two gents, sit in the coffee, coffee shop with them and, and just listen to their hearts and just reaffirm them and who they are and their new identity. Is there anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. I don't want you to walk another moment in yourself. I want you to be in your new man. Is there anyone else? I don't care how long you've been walking as a Christian. I don't care. This has to be a reality in your heart. Make that decision today. Come on.